Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley here with Tommy Ashley, and we've got the main man Buck Sanders as well with us. And we are very pleased, and I would even say honored, that we have a very special guest for this one. But I'm going to hand it over to Tommy to do the actual introductions. So, Mr. Ashley, take it away. Thanks, John. So, Buck is actually the the most important person here. Uh, but this guy I'm going to introduce is our most esteemed guest we've had in a while, and that's Brian Chacos. Let me tell you a little bit about Brian Chacos, folks, if you don't know who I'm talking about. Uh, currently, Brian Chacos is doing everything he can to build the Carolina football family up to levels that they have not seen. In his past, Brian Chacos was offensive lineman for the famed Choo Choo Justice, and he also blocked <laughs> for Mitch Trubisky, and he will be blocking in the coming years for Sam Howell. Brian, man, Mike Ingersoll told us to get you, and you know I love you. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Love you, love you too, fellas, man. It's good to be on with you. It's been way too long, and uh, just excited to be uh, to be with you guys tonight. Indeed. Let let me tell folks why we're here, and I mentioned it just a little bit in that introduction. Over the past weekend, Carolina had a big recruiting weekend, not an official junior day, but a lot of recruits on campus. But also, if you read Inside Carolina and saw your social media, Brian uh, put together – uh, Carolina Alumni Weekend, so to speak. And I want Brian to explain it better than I can, but a lot of guys that played for a lot of years at North Carolina um, in the not-so-distant past and a little bit distant past and even on back before Chacos was actually at Carolina, but it was a good way to sort of start rebuilding this Carolina family. Brian, my first question to you before we bring the whole group in is, I said when they hired Mac Brown, and Buck will agree with me and attest to this, I said that Mac Brown was the only guy that could get Carolina football back to where it needed to be um, by uniting everybody. And I think um, he's done that thus far since he was hired late last year. But doing weekends like you put together certainly helps with the guys that actually put the pads on just tell us a little bit about your thoughts there and then what you put together this weekend. Yeah, so first of all, Tommy, you couldn't have said any better what you just said. And uh, it really just uh, it, from a meeting that we had about um, three weeks ago, it was it was Coach Brown, myself, Bubba Cunningham, John Montgomery, the head of the Rams Club, uh, Corey Holiday, Rick Steinbacher, Teresa Vanderford, myself. And uh, we spent about an hour and a half in Coach Brown's uh, full staff meeting room and we discussed uh, the Letterman and where we stood as the lettermen, um, whether we were happy or not with the conditions of where we stood and we weren't. And uh, myself, Rick Steinbacher, Teresa Vanderford, we, we put a proposal in front of, uh, of Bubba Cunningham, uh, John Montgomery, and obviously Coach Brown of uh, some of the activities that we were doing and we were proposing on doing for the entire calendar year uh, leading up you know, from something that I had planned uh, in February uh, obviously for something for the spring game over the summer training camp, something before the South Carolina game in Charlotte throughout the football season and then uh, into uh, December. And uh, it's, a, it's a full length plan. Uh, it's something we're really excited about. It's something that Coach Brown was ecstatic about. And it's something that he green lighted. And uh, it's something that 
when you have, um, you know, your head man fully behind you and supportive of you, it really gets you energized. We're excited about it. So, you know, in more detail about talking about this past weekend, you know, something I've been seeing from, you know, anything from what LeBron James has done with his, his TV show, The Barbershop, where he's just getting some guys together and they sit down, they're talking about cultural issues or society, things going on in society or basketball or whatever. I wanted to do one of those kind of things um, with former players, kind of a smaller group, about 50, 55 guys um, the night before a Carolina basketball game, but really focus on some guys that were local in the area, uh, maybe had some name and notoriety um, that were willing and welcome to come back, um, but also surrounding a Rams club event. We had a halfway pep rally. We're celebrating the four years in of an eight-year campaign um, the Saturday before the FSU game. And so some guys were really willing to come back, make a weekend of being in Chapel Hill. Who wouldn't want to do that? And so, you know, just to name a few guys, I've, I've jotted down some of the guys that came. Guys like Ted Elkins, who played on the 72 ACC championship game. Uh, David Bomar, who is one of Mac Brown's most pride and, and uh, really loved, beloved guys, beloved Tar Heels. Gale obviously played in the late 60s for Coach Dooley. And then David was a, a great walk-on football player who ended up earning a scholarship who lives in town, so David was there. Ryan Switzer was there. James Hurst came by. Uh, Landon Turner came by. Norris Searcy came by. Willie Parker came by. R.J. Prince came by. I mean, Austin Prohl was there. I mean, so it was a, there, were, there was a, a great group of guys who made the effort to come by Sutton's Drugstore, who does a tremendous job of now being a private space venue uh, where you can also bring in a caterer. They do serve booze now when you bring in your own caterer, or you can BYOB for those who are out there listening. It's a great place and a great uh, opportunity to be able to host guys. And we kind of just, just had a barbershop kind of environment that night. We had the whole place to ourselves. The place uh, cooked it up, did a great job. We just we just sat around and kind of kicked it, man. We just talked about old old war stories and uh, just spent some real good time being together and, and where we are with Carolina football. And uh, I kind of divulged to them some of the things that Coach Brown is looking to do and, and how much Coach Brown wants them back around, not only on campus, not only around the football building, and obviously around our current players. Uh, and how important that is to have that Carolina football family and, and that feel. Very much how basketball does. And basketball has done a tremendous job. They've set some really good groundwork for us to look at and build upon. And, and that's something we're really excited about doing. Brian, Tommy and I have talked about this several times. And uh, you, you've talked to me offline begging to come on this podcast to, to talk about yep. it. Um, yeah. And this is something that I think is sort of flies under the radar a little bit, but mm -hmm. we hear it at IC a lot because we have former players come on uh, from different generations. We've had guys that, that played under Bill Dooley come on. We've had guys that, that played under Mac come on. Bunning, Torbush, Fedora, Davis, you name it. And there's a underlying current among some of these players that instead of first thinking of themselves as a Carolina player, they think of themselves as a John Bunning recruit or as a Bush Davis recruit, or uh, they identify part of their identification is with the coach and with the regime that they were recruited under and played under. And, you know, Tommy and I have talked about this. You and I have talked about this. There has to be some 
uniting factor there that mm-hmm. regardless of who, what regime you played under, you wore the UNC uniform and there has to be a bond there that transcends the, you know, the regime you played under. And, you know, the, some guys take it personally. They, they, they don't uh, appreciate the fact that, you know, maybe they played under John Bunning and, uh, you know, that he had some unsuccessful seasons and, and those seasons yep. got trashed or, you know, uh, lately the, the two fedora seasons get trashed or Torbush seasons get trashed or what happened on, in the NCAA under Butch gets trashed and it's divisive. And right there, yep. there comes a point where it needs to the fact that they all played wearing that uniform needs to transcend all of that. And, and that, that's what I'd like for you to talk about a little bit. Sure. So let's remember going back to that meeting that we had with Coach Brown, Bubba, John Montgomery. And that was one of the issues that also got resolved within that meeting. So we have a Carolina – well, we used to have a Letterman's Association where if you played an X amount of plays, you were then denoted a – you were provided a letter right and then if you didn't play a certain amount of letters you were uh just you know you might have played carolina football but you weren't considered a letterman so there are some people out there who um were in our program might have been in the program for four years five years um were on scholarship not on scholarship but never lettered and so they never felt necessarily a part of the program because they never were considered a letterman so there are some people out there who have uh, might feel a certain kind of way about Carolina football right now. And I want to let those people know who hopefully are listening, or if if someone is listening who might know some of those people, uh, we are going to be sending out here in the near future a mailing that uh, we are in the process of finalizing with Coach Brown, Bubba Cunningham as well, that we're getting basically not rid of our Letterman's Association, but we are basically being fully inclusive that if you completed one year of Carolina football, doesn't matter how many snaps you played, whether you played every single snap or no snaps, you are now going to be considered into the Carolina football family. And if you've seen any of my social media or if you've seen any of Coach Brown's social media, like he posted a great picture. I brought Sean Drawn and Jason Brown in to the football building today, and, and Coach stopped me in the hallway, and we had a great meeting with those three. And uh, Coach wanted to get a picture with Jason Brown and Sean Drawn. And he, on the bottom of his tweet, he posted Carolina football family because we are no longer going to have a Letterman's Association. It's going to be all about the Carolina football family. And then within that football family, you, there will be a kind of a notation whether if guys lettered or along those ways. So that kind of answers that part of the question. Part of the you know, if you're a Bunning guy, a Mac point one guy, a Mac point two guy, a, a Torbush guy, whatever. You know, if you think about it, guys, we've had seven football coaches in 20 years, right? So Mac the first time, Torbush, Bunning, we got Butch Davis, Everett Withers, Fedora, and then Mac 2.0. So, yeah, I mean, I can see how guys can feel segmented. Each coach handles their letterman relations totally different. And so that also is a part of the reason why we got we wanted to try and get away from, you know, any kind of Letterman's Association or anything like that and just call it the Carolina football family. Because when you call it the football family, 
it, it really doesn't matter who is your coach. doesn't matter who the athletic director was. doesn't matter who's working at the Rams club. When you're a part of the Carolina football family, it doesn't matter. And none of those things matter. You're, once you're a part of this thing, you'll forever be a part of this thing. And so that's something that, you know, myself and Dwight Hollier and Rick Steinbacher and Corey Holiday and Ken Mack and guys that are, that are working over there and working in athletics, we're super passionate about. We care about this thing. We want to see it go really well. And so, you know, that's why, Buck, when you and I talked, man, I had an opportunity to get on the podcast so you can kind of push this out to everyone in Inside Carolina. I'm thrilled to do it. You know, it, it gets me excited, you know, because Coach Brown, I mean, he, he it's, it's what the young people say. He is that dude when it comes to this kind of stuff, man. He understands what our fan base needs. He understands what former players need. Um, and he understands what our Carolina football family needed at this time. And this is exactly what we're getting. And he's only three months in, man. And so we haven't even played a game. We haven't even touched, you know, we haven't even hit the fields for spring ball. But, I mean, more guys cannot be more ecstatic about Carolina football right now. I mean, it's got more energy than 2015 ever did. It's got, you know, as, as much excitement, as much hope um, as I've ever felt in a very long time. You know, Brian, just listening to you here, you can just hear that this is definitely a passion project for you, man. But yeah, but for the general audience, like explain to them why it is so important that the Letterman be welcomed and that the football program in the present day reaches out and does make the effort to get those guys and really keep those bonds established and strong. Sure. I think there's, you know, there's a lot of components to it. You know, but I think, you know, if you just listen to Coach Brown's press conference, introductory press conference, when he said, we need to make the University of North Carolina the cool place to come again. Well, I mean, if you just looked at Mac's tweet today with Jason Brown and Sean Drawn, right, you know, two in-state products that went on to play in the NFL. I mean, that, that alone kind of is a testament to there's a ton of great football players, high school football players in the state of North Carolina. And Max got the recipe that can get it done. He knows how to recruit. He's got a hell of a staff. We're, we're in the process of building great facilities. I mean, on campus, we're building $120 million worth of, of new facilities to upgrade all of our sports, but particularly in football. And so that's one component, you know. And so we're trying to make this the really cool place to be. You know, getting our guys back on campus also helps with ticket sales, putting more butts in the seats. That only helps with recruiting. But also it helps, you know, uh, with fundraising. You know, we want guys to be able to be a part of it. We want them to be stockholders within, you know, our company and what we're doing with Carolina football, improving our facilities, you know, improving and giving an opportunity, you know, to the next Jason Brown so that he can come and have the opportunity to play football at Carolina. So, again, not only making this the cool place to play, not only improving facilities, not only giving another young op- uh, man an opportunity to come play football at Carolina, um, so there's just so many opportunities and so many ways for guys to get involved. So it's not just, you know, coming back for, for one Saturday out of the year. I mean, it's for guys to really, really be invested in this thing and, and really having a share in this, you know, family that we're building. And, um, you know, this isn't a four-year decision. And Coach Brown and his staff say it. I've heard it for the last three months, and I really believe it. It's not a four-year decision these kids are making. It's a 40- or even a 60-year decision that these kids are making when they decide to come play football at the University of North Carolina. Um, I mean, myself included. I mean, when I, when, I decided, when I decided to come play football at UNC, you know, obviously my dad having played here in the early 70s was a big component. But, 
you know, I also knew this was going to be a lifelong decision and kind of the impact it was going to have on my life. And it's been huge. Here's a more practical application, I think, of bringing these guys back into the program. Something that benefits North Carolina in the here and now is that I think we forget many, many times that a lot of these guys, uh, you called a bunch of names earlier uh, that have uh, you know, decided to commit to University of North Carolina and play football here. Those guys growing up, you know, and playing football in their high school or whatever, and, and they were stars at their high school, they have a following in their community. They are, they're not just uh, UNC football players. They are local heroes in their community. And for them to step forward, it sends a message to their community, not just to the UNC football community at large, but, you know, in uh, whatever, from Murphy to Manio, you know, it, it sends a message and, and beyond the state of North Carolina even. But it sends a message that, um, you know, I played football at whatever high school. I'm a local hero. To this day, I hold records at my high school. And I chose the University of North Carolina. And other people in my community respect me. They respect me as a football player. They respect me as a leader in my community and what I did after football. You know, bringing the guys back that, you know, uh, had success at the NFL level is one thing, but there are there are a lot of other players. David Bomar is a perfect example of somebody who is, you know, he was a walk-on at North Carolina, but was a star at his high school. And, yep. you know, after high school, he, he went on to be a leader in the community and, you know, people look up to him. That has an impact that goes beyond just bringing UNC players back into the fold. It, they, they are representatives at a level that is hard for us to really articulate or explain, but has a huge impact in affecting other players that are coming up now and are you know deciding where am I going to play. So, Buck, here's another name that was, that was here this weekend with his beautiful wife was Kevin Reddick. You know, Kevin came, and, and he wasn't able to make the event Friday night, but he came to our, our Rams Club event, our half, halfway pep rally. But, you know, Kevin and Kevin had a, a, a little stint in the NFL, but, you know, Kevin is doing his thing, and he's an entrepreneur right now. But, you know, we obviously know the story of when, uh, when Newburn was hit by the hurricane, and uh, Kevin took it upon himself to take the UNC equipment truck full of medical equipment, food, supplies, and he drove it himself down to Newburn to help his community out and provide those folks with a whole equipment truck full of supplies. I mean, you know, that's a story that got national attention and, and local attention, obviously. But, you know, he's just that kind of guy, and he's that kind of community leader because he was up living in D.C., knew his community and his folks that were still living in Newburn, and took it upon himself, called Coach Fedora to borrow the equipment truck. Coach was gracious enough to help him do that, and uh, he went ahead and did that. So, you know, those are the kind of people that we want back around the program um, to help our young guys that are currently playing for Coach Brown. 
Great stuff there, Brian. I think uh, a lot of people don't realize also, and Buck really talked about members of the community, they're also coaches. And, uh, you know, you got Jeff Saturday that coaches down Atlanta Way. You've got Brandon Spoon that's a high school coach here. All these guys that played for Carolina, uh, you know, a ton mm -hmm. of guys that are involved in the coaching communities, and it's a great way for them to come back and bounce ideas off each other, just like – we've mentioned it earlier in the podcast, just like the basketball program does because yep. Coach Williams has really – Coach Williams has continued Coach Smith's way of getting everybody together and, and talking the game and talking that. But also um, the name recognition across the country is fascinating to watch. I want to talk a little bit more about it, but first we got to do um, a new live read. And, Brian, you're new to this podcast of late where we talk about our local businesses, and you mentioned Sutton's, which is an awesome segue into this uh, commercial we're going to do here because Sutton's is a landmark on Franklin Street. Uh, it was there when I was there. It's always been a great place, still a great place. I'd wager half the people go to Sutton, go to Chapel Hill, Franklin Street. That's the place they go. There's another one of those places, and John and Buck, and you can certainly agree, and that's Johnny T-Shirt. And if folks mm -hmm. listen, and if folks listen to the uh, intro to this podcast, Johnny T-shirt is now our new podcast sponsor, which is awesome for Inside Carolina readers, because now Johnny T-shirt.com offers Inside Carolina subscribers that that discount that they used to get when they come to Inside Carolina, and now uh, you know they can still get it. It changed for a little bit. We're back with Johnny T-shirt, Buck. Uh, you can speak to the guys coming to the to the bash or to the signing day party where they came and they brought a bunch of swag and they were part of the community, the Inside Carolina community. Of course, they're local, they're alumni, they focus just on Carolina. I mean, if you've never been in Johnny T-shirt or on JohnnyT-shirt.com and you're a Carolina fan, I don't I don't know how you've done it because it's the best That's place. A travesty. It is absolutely a travesty. It's almost like. If you've been on campus and you hadn't been to the old well, if you've been on Franklin Agreed. Street and you haven't been to Johnny T-Shirt, you're totally missing out. JohnnyT-Shirt.com, near campus, on Franklin Street, online. It's the best place you can go to get Carolina gear, and they love Inside Carolina. So do InsideCarolina.com a favor, support JohnnyT-Shirt.com, and uh, everybody's happy. And this podcast has a long, vibrant life with Johnny T-Shirt as our sponsor. And let's not forget, too, Tommy, that Inside Carolina subscribers do get that 10% discount online and in-store with the code. So for everyone Absolutely. listening in, if you're not a member of the Inside Carolina Premium Basketball or Football Boards, join up. You get that 10% off. I just wanted to chip in with that real quick. Well, you know, we with this whole podcast, the theme of it is Carolina family. And there's no bigger part of the Carolina family than Johnny T-shirt and it's not just, you know, they have great deals and you get the 10% discount at johnnytshirt.com. But be sure to, you know, when you're at a game or, you know, when you're wandering around Franklin Street, uh, go into the their store there on Franklin Street. It's a fixture and, you know, where you will get the finest quality UNC gear. Um, so, you know, the... Uh, Two ways you can, uh, you know, access Johnny T-Shirt um, on johnnytshirt.com or go by the Franklin Street store. Great place for 
uh, you know, being a contributor to the Carolina family. Indeed it is. JohnnyT-shirt.com. Visit, get that 10% off if you're inside Carolina Premium member. It's worth it all around. Now let's get back to this discussion, Brian, and a lot of um, questions we have, and I'm sure our listeners will have even more after they've listened to this show, but one thing that a lot of people have talked about, especially of late since he's recently retired, is Julius Peppers. And Mm -hmm. everybody wants to see Peppers honored in some way in Chapel Hill um, other than how he's been in the past. And certainly I believe he was in Durham to see Carolina beat Duke and Cameron Indoor. But your thoughts on that and what Julius Peppers and all he's done for the community and um, for the Panthers and around the state of North Carolina, how he sort of may fit in in the future with the Carolina football family. Yeah, he obviously has an open door to come and be a part of whatever he would like to be a part of. He has been an incredible fixture in the NFL. He's been an incredible fixture in the Charlotte community. Um, I will tell you, as a true freshman in his last season at Carolina, he was a gracious teammate to me. He opened my eyes to what uh, college football was all about uh, when he used to beat me down on scout team, uh, but then lend me a hand to pick me up off the dirt. Um, after that year playing against him on scout team, I was not afraid of anyone else in college football for the remainder of my time being at Carolina. So uh, he was a tremendous teammate, a great guy, and uh, I would love to see him back on campus. I can tell you that we are doing everything that we can to get him back. Uh, he is taking some time to himself to be around his kids, um, the lady that's in his life. And so we're going to respect that time that he's uh, well-deserved. Uh, having spent 17 years in the National Football League, uh, being in the trenches, which is absolutely unheard of. Um, and so I can tell you guys that he and Coach Brown have, have been in discussions to come back. Um, so whether that's this year coming up in 2019 or 2020, um, he will be back around. So uh, just just hang tight and know that there, there are things in the works and uh, know that Coach Brown has been in communication with him. And, um, you know, we are working on that. He is certainly a legend. I, I tell you, I, I know folks that taught him and coached him in grade school and certainly know people at, that knew him at Carolina. And, and I'll say this, and maybe it's a little weird, but it's similar to what you said, Brian, about um, once you went up against him, there's really nobody that can match up. He is the only person I've really seen, the only man, living man I've ever seen that I uh, was kind of physically in awe of. Tommy, no doubt about it. I mean, he is a legit Six, six and a half. He was about 290, 295, um, and was just, you know, under under 7% body fat, 8% body fat. And he was just a freak of nature. Would run conditioning with the defensive backs when he was at North Carolina and just was an absolute specimen and just a heck of a nice guy, quiet guy, and uh, was a really good teammate. And um, have, from all accounts, from guys who have also played with him in the league as well. Um, say the exact same thing as well. And so obviously we saw what he did this past year with the Panthers, uh, having a chance to win the Walter Payton Man of the Year and be up for that award um, and, and coming close to winning it. You know, he did the same thing too in the National Football League was a heck of a guy. So, Indeed, yep. And he, uh, a lot of people talk about a, another freak of nature down the road currently. That I don't think there was anybody that compared to Pep um, in that regard. But Brian, let's let's switch over as we near the end of this podcast and talk about the current program and the current state of the program, 
um, and get your thoughts on it. You've seen Mac Brown come in in three months, three plus months, and certainly breathe life into the program has have has breathed that life into the alumni, but also breathed it into the fan base. And that is something that, and we've talked about this before, leaving Kenan Stadium after the NC State game, it was dead. And there were people that were done, uh, completely done with Carolina football until something drastic changed. And then something drastic did change, and Matt Brown came in. So just speak to your thoughts on that. Um, f- from your from your perch as you you worked there, but also you you played mm-hmm. there, but also you're a fan there. Just speak to how Matt Brown's really turned it around in that regard the last three months. Well, I think you guys, I think we got to back it up even a little further. I think I don't I don't think Bubba Cunningham and I don't think the administration at University of North Carolina got enough credit for making the difficult decision in making the change. I think Larry Fedora didn't get enough credit for what he did in those seven years, winning two division titles, breaking a ton of records, winning a good amount of football games, and taking us through a very difficult patch um, of Carolina football. So I will forever be indebted to Larry Fedora and his family for what they did for us and our program. I think at this point in time, though, it was the right decision to make the change. And I give Bubba and and, and his staff and – and the staff and the personnel on campus that made the tough decision, a lot of credit. But moving forward, though, I mean, it, guys, I cannot tell you. When, when our guys were exchanging unpleasantries with NC State in the student section at the end of the game, that was probably one of the lower feelings I felt about Carolina football in a very long time. But within 36 to 48 hours later, I mean, I, my, it was as high as I felt when we, when we knew we were going with Coach Brown. And at that press conference, just what he was saying, the texts I were getting from some of his former players, and just the, you know, the motivation that I got from him, seeing some of the staff, hearing some of the rumors, you know, getting a text from Dre Bly, and just the excitement about, you know, what was to come uh, with Carolina football, I started feeling it again. You know, you could feel the excitement. You know, we went ahead and people were starting to get their hotel reservations months and months in advance for that South Carolina football game. You know, and it's just been unbelievable. I mean, seeing the ticket orders uh, coming through and, and, and for season tickets, but also for that South Carolina game. You know, at the end of the season, the interest for that South Carolina game, the opening game next year, was, was dead, Tommy. You said it. It was dead. There was no interest for that opening game. I can tell you right now, people – People are at a fever pitch waiting for that game against South Carolina. And the optimism and thinking that we're going to win that game is, is unreal. We, we are thinking and knowing that we are going to beat South Carolina uh, in Charlotte, and it is a given. I mean, we are, we are expecting and knowing that we are going to win that game, and it's all due to Mac Brown. And it's that hope, it's that belief, it's that feeling. That's the same thing that we had. Uh, when we left, when he left to go to Texas and, and, and this fan base kind of had that feel, uh, that is what he has already kind of breathed into the life of Carolina football fans uh, already in a, in a quick three months. And it's been absolutely amazing to kind of have a, not a front row, but a second row kind of seat to, uh, to really see, um, you know, what he's been doing. It's, and it's really impressive. Well, you know, as John Siegley and Tommy Ashley will know, <laughs> it's not my habit to cram sugar down anybody's throat. Um, they're very familiar with my attitude about that. 
But I, I think back to when, and I can't even remember how many years ago this was, Brian, that we met at TK Trips in Raleigh, and you were working for the no, Carolina. No. You were working yep. for the Carolina Hurricanes at the time, and right. you just expressed to me, you know, how much you wanted to be back involved with UNC football, and and you would do just about anything to to get a you know some traction there. And it's, it's a marvel to me that someone who is a passionate is as passionate about UNC football is making his mark uh, now in, in terms of what you're doing with uh, Letterman and, uh, you know, former UNC players. It's uh, a makes me feel really gratified to see you doing what you're doing. I really appreciate you coming on our podcast. I kid with you a lot. Um, you know, you and I have a, a relationship that's a little bit different maybe in some <laughs> respects, but uh, I, I can't, I can't really express how proud I am of you and of what you're doing for UNC football. Um and uh, I, I think that's probably a, a fairly decent way for us to close this podcast. Well, well Suckus has got to it, suck up a little bit. Well, no, nah, I got to suck up a little bit now. And <laughs> in all honesty, guys, I mean, you guys are great, man. I, I, I mean, without Inside Carolina, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, you guys shoot it straight, man. You guys always have. You guys always will. I mean, that's the best thing about what you guys do. And it's, uh, it's going to be a wild ride. So I think we all need to kind of buckle up and uh, it's going to be really exciting for Carolina football, especially. Um, I, I know we are in the throes of Carolina basketball and uh, we need to pull for coach Williams. We need to pull for these young guys that are playing, but, but damn, I am thrilled for March 2nd coming up in the first spring practice. Um, I have, I have answered more calls and more texts about talk to me about spring ball, talk to me about spring ball. And, um, than I have um, any other sport. So uh, I'm thrilled about what's going on with Carolina football, where we are, where this coaching staff is, where 2019 recruiting uh, finished up, where 2020 recruiting is going and where we're going to end up and where one of the assistant coaches predicts that we'll finish up. I'm not going to tell you where he told me we're going to finish up, but I almost fell on the ground where he told me we're going to finish up. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where – it is Christmas come early, birthday come early, one of those deals, man. I'm, I am thrilled to death um, to be back a part of this. I'm going into my sixth year being back on campus. Absolutely love this program. Um, would do anything for it. And, uh, you know, love being a friend to the Inside Carolina family. Would do anything for you guys. And uh, looking forward to coming on here soon enough. Well, we'll definitely get you back on again, Brian. Let's leave the listeners with this, man. Going forward into the 2019 season, give us just a handful of players on the current team that you think Carolina football fans need to be on the lookout for and guys that could either you know take a step forward or just make him out of nowhere. But who are the guys that you're really look, looking and anticipating seeing play on Saturdays? So I'll give you I'll give you one on each line of scrimmage. So the breakout player who's going to be an all ACC player on the defensive line, uh, kid who I've gotten to know really really well is Jason Strobridge. I mean I know we've heard his name. I know uh, Carolina fans are expecting big things from him. But Jason Strobridge, big number fifty five, great kid, Deerfield Beach, Florida, quiet kid, 
um, but just an absolute animal and can do some really, really good things on the field. Would have hated to play against the kid, um, but he has a chance to be really special. Every time I see him, I tell him, you can be a first-day guy if you want to, man. You can be a first-day guy if you want to. So he has the potential to be really, really special. On the offensive line, a kid you got to look out for is Jordan Tucker. He's going to replace William Sweet, I think, at left tackle. He's got great footwork, good hands. He's tough, but it's going to be his first year playing. So he's going to step in. He's going to fill in some big shoes. Um, you know, left tackle has got a special place in my heart at this place. So uh, I'm excited to see what Jordan can do. He's got great athleticism. He's a really, really smart kid. And uh, I think he can be a really good player. And then a kid who I think really needs to break out, really needs to separate himself, is Bo Corrales. I think it's time for Bo. You know, he's got all the physical tools. He's got all the men, you know, the mental capability to be a really smart, uh, really, really quality ACC receiver. And I think it's time for him to be a breakout receiver in this league. So uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. And the last guy is uh, is KJ Sales, man. It's time for him to step up, do his thing. I know he likes to talk, and I love those guys who like to talk, but I want to see KJ do his thing and back it up. And, um, you know, it's time to put in the work and it's time to let's get this work. So, uh, you know, we'll see what KJ can do. Awesome, man. That is great to hear. Guys, that was all the questions I had. Tommy or Buck, anything else from you guys? I'm good. Already making them, uh, thinking of questions for the next time we got Shake on. Appreciate it, Brian. Yeah, love to have you back on, Brian, anytime you're available. You're a friend of uh, UNC in general and a friend of IC. And we appreciate that. Love having you on and what you bring to UNC football. All right, guys. All the best. And we'll be in touch here soon enough, guys. Sounds good. And for everyone listening in, we here at Inside Carolina, thank you. We'll talk with everyone again soon. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by T-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.